Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Sports Virus Podcast, everybody. I'm Joe Castellano. We're brought to you by Kane's Tire in San Rafael, California, where they have the lowest prices in Marin County and have had the lowest prices for over 60 years. Well, today's guest I've known for a long time. He was a manager in the minor leagues when I met him, became a coach for the San Francisco Giants. It's Tim Flannery. I have such great memories of being around Tim uh, when he was the manager of the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes in the California League. Uh, The team won the California League Championship in 1994 with him as the manager. And I'll never forget uh, just the joy he had for the game of baseball. I always thought he'd be a great manager. And when we won the title, (laughs) there's this indelible image I have of him diving into the pile with the players. Uh, I'll just never forget that. And uh, again, running into him when he became the San Francisco Giants third base coach. And of course, three World Series titles later, uh, he retired after working so long with Bruce Bochy. Tim is one of my favorite people. Uh, he is funny. He loves baseball, has a lot of opinions. And uh, recently, he had a, a health issue where he was in the hospital for a stretch. And we were worried about him, but so glad that he's back being healthy and uh, back on Twitter. And uh, you can check out all of his comments there. We had a chance to talk on Monday, and here was that conversation. Well, Tim, thanks so much for taking the time to do this podcast today. And uh, first of all, how are you doing? Uh, Your two teams are heading in different directions right now. Your two former teams, the Padres, are playing great. They just swept the Giants. The Giants are kind of up and down this season so far. Yeah, I've been watching. uh, I've been living down here south uh, in San Diego, uh, taking care of my mother full time. So I'm home a lot and uh, you know, she loves baseball. Her brother was Hal Smith, who hit the great home run in game seven of 1960 Pittsburgh Pirate World Championship lore. And so she's been around the game a long, long time. So we watch the games together. Uh, and the club down here is really a different team from last year, even though they have most of the same players. Bob Melvin and Matty Williams and the coaches that he has brought with him down here, they've got these guys playing like they've actually been there before and they're not overreacting early like they did planning World Series parades and things. (laughs) The game doesn't allow you to do that, and I think they've learned that. And so, I mean, they're playing well down here. And, uh, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what's going on up there in San Francisco just with – uh, you know, you can just tell the, the Buster Posey, regardless of what he did on the field, he was a huge influence in that clubhouse. And I think we're starting to see it. Yeah. And I want to get more into Buster a little bit later. But first of all, I mean, I know you've been pretty outspoken on Twitter about your thoughts about some of the analytics today and, and some of the things that are just going on. Because, I mean, you think about in that Padres Giants series, Mauricio Dubon, before he got traded, uh, he had broken an unwritten rule when he bunted in a game where the Giants were leading by a lot. Uh, so what are your thoughts just about you know, that kind of stuff and what's going on with a lot of people relying on analytics, almost uh, over relying on it? Yeah, well, I think it's gonna the pendulum's gonna swim swing back, especially with the baseball changing. You know, when MLB owns Rawlings, I'm sure people know that or they don't know that, but 
and the ball seems to change. And, and when it was really super, super hard a couple of years back, all the analytics were talking about launch angles and getting the ball in the air because the ball was flying. Well, now you see that the ball isn't flying, and some of the players are starting to hit against the shift. They're starting to bunt. The St. Louis Cardinals are like their 1982 team. They've already got 35 stolen bases. So some of that excitement's coming back into the game. Now, I don't know if that is, uh, you know, if they sit down and said, how can we change the game a little bit and and, uh, manipulate the baseball? Uh, so, I mean, players are starting to see it. You see guys hit the ball where they think it's out of the ballpark. I saw Crawford yesterday hit one to center field that a year ago it would have been seven, eight rows up, and it was an out at the at the warning track. I'm not against analytics because, you know what, we always had analytics. But if I keep hearing how fantastic it is and everything is because of these numbers – they're taking the soul out of the game. And I know, like as Jerry Jeff Walker used to say, I, I, we're sounding like dinosaurs singing the <laughs> dinosaur blues. But if it gets unwatchable, I ain't going to watch it. So I have no problem speaking out a little bit because you know how you judge people? You judge, you, you judge teams, you judge clubs on did they win or not? And when I hear all of the great things that are happening in baseball and this is the new way and they've taken it to another level, I want to see them win some world championships because we won three of them, pitching and defense and beating you two to one. And I just, um, you know, for the sake of the game, uh, for for me, just to be able to watch it, I – I would love to see the hit and runs come back. I'd lo- I love seeing these guys hit the ball the other way and create to get on base because base and then run bases properly, which you've seen is a little bizarre. But hey, I love the game. I'm going to watch it. Uh, am I going to be quiet about it? No, I don't have to. I think I've earned that right after 40 years in the game, 25 years in the big leagues, and gone to five world champions, five World Series, winning three of them. I think I've earned the right to be able to pop off now and then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and Tim, look, I mean, for me, I know that baseball is going to naturally have some changes. The athletes change a little bit. But when you're trying so hard to change things, that's when I start to wonder about it. I mean, for me, the the worst new rule is the ghost runner. I mean, you're throwing a runner out there who doesn't even deserve to be out there in extra innings. I'm surprised they kept that one. Yeah, I, I'm surprised too, and, and I know what people say. Well, it's good, you know. But here's the thing about being a manager: a manager manages a bullpen for the season, not just for tonight and not just for tomorrow night. He manages it for the schedule that's up, that's looking him in the eye when you're playing 19 games in 20 days or something. I always knew at third base. We can't go extra innings. Our, our bullpen sh- is shot, so we better try to do something early on, be a little more aggressive and try to get a lead, try to win the game in the regulation nine innings. Uh, and I always, especially last year, I always just kind of chuckled thinking when the doubleheaders were seven innings 
And let's say Nolan Ryan, uh, I broke up one of his no-hitters, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. How about if Nolan Ryan's got a no-hitter through seven innings and then the eighth inning and extra innings, they just march somebody out to second base? <laughs> I would have paid to see. He would have made the Robin Ventura noogie pound. That would have, that would have come back again because, you know, he, 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 he comes from the school where you got to earn it. Oh, yeah. You mentioned launch angle. And for me, I mean, that to me is not for every hitter. In fact, Tim, I go back to baseball camp when I was in high school and some instructor said something I never forgot. He said there are no bad hops in the sky. And that's true. I mean, you still have to try to, I think, hit line drives, sometimes grounders. And I go back to that at bat you had in the 1984 NLCS deciding game late in game five. And you're up there, and you hit a ground ball that goes through the legs of Leon Durham that ties the game. And you know the Padres go on to win; they go to the World Series. None of that would have happened if you were worried about launch angle, right? No, you know, at launch angle, you're starting to see on a few places and a few players. It's not not everybody's a home run hitter, and they have been over the last couple of years. And we were told to keep, especially guys like me, we were told to keep the ball out of the air uh, because it would be, you know, I hit nine home runs in 10 years. Uh, It's just not everybody's home run hitters. You got to, you got to go with your strength and do what you're, what you're supposed to do for the ball club. So, uh, look, I, I know it's early morning and I've only had a cup of coffee, but I don't want to come across like I'm grouchy about it. I, I love this game and I love watching it. And I love the adjustments that some of these players are making on their own because not everything can come out of a computer. And as much as I tried to buy into it, I went back to MLB Network for you know three, four years and I was working back there. I did all I could to buy into it, but it really comes down to what we've always, always done anyway. The analytics, it's just a different language. It's a different way to get things across. Uh, I don't see this being anything different than what was going on, except it gives everybody an opportunity who hasn't played. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. That's exactly how I feel about it because it gives them a, a formula it gives them a recipe, and now they can be a baseball expert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting back to that ground ball that you hit, can you tell me, do you remember that clearly, like what was going through your mind when that ball first left your bat? I remember even before that. When I stepped in, I, it was a Sunday day game. The sun was starting to do some things. It was late in the game. And uh, I saw Jody Davis in the shadow set up early and set up inside. So I knew I was getting a fastball inside. They don't throw change-ups inside. So, um, you know, I knew I, I knew they were coming in with a fastball, so I was trying to cheat a little bit and get the, the fat part of the bat on, uh, on the ball, and it, it happened to work. We'll have more with Tim Flannery right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Kane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Kane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted Best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Kane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give them a call at 415 453 
415-453-2942. That's 415-453-2942 for Kane's Tire. So I mentioned that it doesn't work for everybody to have launch angle. And I think Joe Panic, who just retired and had a great career with the Giants, I think he was one of those guys where, you know, you didn't want him to have launch angle. You wanted him to hit line drives. What do you think, and what did you think about his career? You know what? First of all, this is something that in San Francisco, we were so fortunate to see uh, an infield uh, that play and, and, and Buster and Craw and Belt, they all got 10 years together playing on the same team, which is doesn't happen very often anymore. And it doesn't happen just to get 10 years in the major leagues. And when you were up there and you're winning, it goes by so fast and people think, wow, you know, I go, he played 10 years. They played 10 years. Joe got eight years in the big leagues. That's not, that's not just a given when you sign a contract at the big league level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can count on a couple hands uh, how many people that are that are that have ten years in the big leagues on on uh, in a division or even in the league. There's a lot of players that play, but it's it's pretty difficult to to do that, and it's really. Uh, it's really impressive to do that, and then the guys that continue to play and play on longer. Joe Panic knew his strengths, and he played within his strengths for, for the eight years that he played in the big leagues. It's a very demanding life on 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 people, and and on some people it's it's even harder demanding because of just the way their personalities are and the lifestyles that they live as a father, as a husband, as a family man, and. Uh, when you get traded around a few times, which never happened to me, but when that, uh, you, as a coach, you could see how it takes people, uh, a little bit of time to adjust to it. And sure, it's glorious if you can make it and you can make the money. Uh, but that's still, there's some collateral damage that comes along with it. And I think that plays into the final decision when it's time to go home or not. Yeah, and for Posey, I mean, he retires. He's still near the top of his game, so you you know you wondered if he had some more left. But he is the family guy, and you know we we know from watching him what made him so great. But what about from your perspective as a coach? What made Posey so great? He he did it without fanfare. He was the leader of that club, and uh, even if you were with that club, you you wouldn't hear him. You wouldn't. Uh, you would only know he was the leader by the respect the other players give him and, and the other, other teams as well, but also the big plays, the uh, catching defense, uh, offense, and the way he carried himself. He was just a, you know, I always knew what he brought to the club, but I think this year, especially I'm seeing things that happen uh, that n- have nothing to do with the catcher, has, but just missing his personality in that clubhouse, on the buses, on the airplane every single day. I think, I think he made believe in themselves. He held them accountable, and that is something that it's it's easy to do when things are going well, but when things don't go well is when you, you find out about the character of your ball club. And I, I just see some things occasionally that 
it can be fixed. I mean, craw and belt, they just got to get them all on the field. This club just needs to be on the field healthy in San Francisco. I don't think they have the depth to to compete in the West unless they have everything working. Oh, yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, Tim, you spent 36 years in the game, 11 as a player, 18 years as a coach with the Padres and the Giants, and, you know, you also played and managed in the minor leagues. That's where I got to know you. Uh, so, I mean, baseball's in your blood. How hard was it when you gave it up? I mean, you knew it was the right decision, but was it difficult when you went, uh, you know, the next spring training and summer and there was no baseball as far as being out there in uniform? No, I've had enough. You know, I did it my whole life. And, you know, I also think, you know, a a guy like myself, you you just look at, I mean, we won three World Series up there. It's like, I didn't, I mean, if if three doesn't make you happy, four is not going to make you happy. I mean, I I miss getting paid, you know, but. Uh, there are other things that in my life that have kind of taken over here with uh, responsibilities. You know, I mean, my 90 year old mother needs full time care and she's with us and uh, I've got grandkids and I, I, the game is a demanding game when you, you leave in February and then you get back in November. Uh, you miss a lot of life and you miss a lot of things that, uh, become important or always are important, but you know, you're sacrificing along the way to, to do it. And some guys come home for a while and then they go back. Yeah. I look at, I I look at that schedule and it is demanding. It, it can, it can do some damage and it's very physical. And I, at the end, I was, it was getting unhealthy for me. I didn't like kind of who I was turning into because it, it, there's challenges and a demand of winning every single night. It's one thing when you're on a club that, you know, but we were winning and we were supposed to win. And we were, if we didn't win, I didn't want to be waking up in somebody else's house, renting in up, up in the Bay Area when my family and everybody is down south. So um, it was perfect timing. And I don't regret anything ever from the day I signed a contract to the day I left. And when I managed in the minor leagues, I would call every player in the very first year when I was managing them. And I said, one of these days, every single one of you is going to come out of that office right there where they're going to tell you you're done. Make sure you can walk away without having any regrets or you'll look back on it saying, I wish I'd have done something different. I don't have any of that. Yeah, that, that's a great lesson, and I thought you were a fantastic manager. You didn't do it all that long, but, I mean, when I was with you, we won the, the Cal League Championship there with Rancho Cucamonga, mm. and prior to that, uh, when you were with Spokane, one of the funniest moments I've ever heard of that you got tossed from a game, came back as the mascot, and you were still giving <laughs> signs to your team. I mean, there were some great moments uh, for you as a manager, right? Yeah, I love managing the minor leagues or the lower minor leagues, especially triple A, you know, is a little difficult just because everybody thinks they should be in the big leagues, have been in the big leagues and rosters and options and all the, the business of it really is something that affects a lot of the players and even the umpires because they're in the same boat. But the, the lower A ball was fantastic. Uh, but, you know, the one thing that I found – managing is when you manage in the minor leagues, you also coach third, you manage from the third base coaches box, which teaches you 
how to coach third and why you're going to send runners in this situation and why you won't in situations. Uh, you're also working the lineup card. Uh, I loved coaching third probably more than I loved playing. And it became like uh, I was playing. And to be able to manage and learn how to coach third before Boach called me up to the big leagues in 1996 uh, in San Diego to coach third for him, um, uh, you learn a lot. But then when you start managing at the big league level, it takes years to to learn how to do it there at that level and your tendencies of each player and the tendencies of the team. Uh, when we won those first couple world championships, I knew that, I mean, here's analytics. I mean, I just look at the math. If in fact we scored three runs, we beat you 85% of the time. And if we scored four runs, we beat you 90%, 95% of the time. So early on in the game, I would try to play for crooked numbers. And again, we had an eighth hitter. We had a pitcher to worry about. So you have to get a little aggressive in that situation. I mean, all that's gone now. Uh, so, I mean, that thinking process is what I was, you know, that's what got my, got me going, you know, and, and, uh, so that's, that's been removed as well. So, you know, I'm trying to find different ways to, to look at it. Those, those world series teams will never be forgotten. People would like to see Bruce Bochy come back, I guess, and manage. Do you think he will? I mean, somewhere. <laughs> I don't know how he can do it. I don't know. I don't know. It blows my mind when I see some of these guys, just the, the, the season, just the travel, just the grind, uh, everything else gets sacrificed. All you do is that's all you do. So it just depends on if that's what you want to do until you, you know, don't wake up anymore. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, Dusty Baker and Tony LaRusso are those kind of guys, I guess, that are lifers. Okay, before I let you go, Tim, uh, I wondered about your perspective on life after you had the staph infection. You were hospitalized for a long time. We were all worried about you, and you came out of that. Uh, so I just wondered when you came out of that, if it changed anything for you. You were always a guy who just loved life. You lived every day to its fullest anyway. So I, I just was curious if anything changed at all. Yeah, I had some. I had I had horrific things uh, during that time. Um, I don't think your podcast is long enough to even talk <laughs> to get too deep into it. But right. I was in sepsis, and it was during COVID, so I had no. I couldn't have any visitors for two and a half months. I didn't know where I was. I was hallucinating. Uh, supposed to die a couple times. Sent to the ER two times, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I just, I don't know, really. I just, I, I, I love, feel, first of all, I stopped drinking. I, I totally, I, I only have a few. I, what I learned when I was on the other side, because I had some of those experiences on the other side, is we're all on the clock. And I, I don't want to waste another moment not feeling the best I can feel. And I don't want to waste another moment not living the best life I can live, be it through walking with my grandkids, with my mother, playing music, talking to friends, uh, just living each moment. Um, and as much as I loved life before, I think I've doubled it and tripled it because I'm on another level as well now. 
Yeah, well, I'm so glad that uh, you're okay. And, uh, you know, always admire what you do with the Lunatic Fringe, the band, the Love Harder Project, everything that you do, Tim. Look forward to seeing you soon. And, uh, you know, enjoy your retirement. Enjoy watching baseball. Thanks so much, Joe. Thank you. That's Tim Flannery. Join us again next week for another edition of the Sports Virus Podcast. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.